Good evening and welcome to the Ecuador Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Darnell Dunn. Uh, missing is my partner in crime, and Jesse Bayer. Uh, he's off tonight, so I'm flying solo with a uh, great guest that we have for you tonight. Uh, but first, let me get into the business at hand. Um, first, uh, Abundant Living Ecuador is a real estate and relocation services company based in Loja, Ecuador. You can visit us online at abequador.com. That's A as in apple, B as in boy, ecuador.com. You can reach us via email at info at abequador.com or toll free from the U.S. and Canada at 888-999-0948. Really excited for our guest that's going to be joining us today. His name is David Morrill. He's the founder and uh, of Gringo Tree and the editor of Cuenca highlife.com, which was founded in 2008. It's the first and most widely read expat publication in Cuenca. So we're happy to have him join us on the show. David, are you here? Uh, I'm here. Yes. Great. Great. Thanks again for uh, joining us this week. Um, We figured we'd get into a couple of different things. Um, Obviously, being uh, the editor of a really large and widely read news publication, um, you're really informed about all things Ecuador, so we definitely wanted to chat with you about that. Also, some current events going on in Ecuador, like the upcoming president, presidential elections, um, and just your story, um, how you made it to Ecuador, and what you like, what you dislike. Um, so I figured I'd turn it over to you, and we can start wherever you'd like. Okay. Um, yeah, I first came to Ecuador in uh, 1995 with my father, who was a bird watcher. And uh, I was looking for countries, he was looking for birds, so um, I came back uh, 2004, nine years later, and, and to stay, and um, the first trip, the bird watching trip, pretty much sensed it for me. I, I really liked the country I'd been to, uh, to Panama, Venezuela, uh, Colombia, Peru, a few other countries, and as I said, I was checking out countries, so for some reason, Ecuador uh, appealed to me, and uh, and I, decide, I decided to stay. So I came down intending to uh, get involved in an export business of uh, handmade ceramics. Cuenca is known for, known for that. And uh, uh, after a, a, a false start or two, uh, shipping things out of Ecuador is not an easy, easy uh, business. Uh, it was much harder, you know, 12 years ago. So after that, I got into real estate. So that was Oh, very cool. And um, how um, how did Cuenca High Life in Gringo Tree come about? It was uh, it was really a, 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 a an outlet for me. I was involved in the real estate business. I'm not a natural real estate guy, but at that time there was nobody else selling real estate to foreigners, so it was a very good business. Uh, but my background was, was journalism and writing, so. Uh, I just wanted to do that, so I did that on the side. Uh, Greenberg Tree was an offshoot of Cuenca High Life, which is no longer associated with it today. But at the, at, when we started it, it was a uh, it was a, an e-letter that had daily uh, classified ads, information uh, about events, that sort of thing. And it's really pretty much been taken uh, the place of which has been taken by Gringo Post and Cuenca at this point. So. 
anyway, it was a it was a way for me to get back involved in journalism. I had been a columnist uh, off and on in the U.S. I worked some for the Miami Herald as a book reviewer and art reviewer back in the day. So anyway, I just uh, I was uh, homesick for it, so that brought me back to it. Oh, very cool. Well, as you know, real estate is near and dear to our hearts. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of questions about real estate in general here. What are your thoughts on the market right now? My, from a distance, uh, I'm not as involved as I used to be, but I, I have a sense that uh, the market is on the verge of improving, not dramatically. It's, you know, it's been in a pretty terrible slump. Uh, I think the uh, presidential election uh, will have some bearing on that. I think the, uh, and I think the economy is slowly turning around. It's not going to be a, a quick recovery, but um, the real estate for foreigners, uh, Ecuador is still a, a great place to be. I mean, I've got my, my complaints about it, but I think, you know, on balance, it's it's a great place to live. So there's going to be demand. Uh, the market in general is more towards rentals now than sales, and that makes sense for a lot of reasons. The rental prices are are, are very good. Uh, pro- probably, I mean, from a investment standpoint, it's better to rent for a while and keep an eye open. But uh, you know, a lot of people just like to buy. They like to own where they live, and uh, so I think the market's going to pick up, but but slowly. Right. You know, that's definitely been uh, been our sense as well. Um, and, and certainly the what happens in the presidential election will um, will have a lot to do with how quickly things recover. You're right. You're right. And um, about rental prices, what are you seeing in Cuenca right now? What's um, what can someone expect to pay for a nice U.S. style two or three bedroom apartment in a nice neighborhood? Um, well, there's two. There's really two markets here, and, and one's very different than what you're used to in the states. It's basically the turnkey market, where absolutely everything is provided. It's furnished. It's uh, you get the utilities included in the rent. Uh, if you got problems, you call you call the landlord or you call the management company, and they take care of it. Uh, you know, there's not too many of those in the states. Those are more sort of in the holiday rental or resort rental category. Uh, and they tend to be shorter term too. And then there's just the sort of the U.S. style rental where you, you rent a unfurnished house and you handle the utilities and all that yourself. Um, on the turnkey uh, rental, which is most of the market in Cuenca, uh, for what you described, a modern three-bedroom, two-bath uh, uh, condo, you know, $900 pretty much gets you everything. I mean, you covers everything. So, I mean, it's really incredible deal. That's, that's why I say that, uh, you know, there, you know, there should be some hesitation before you buy, unless you're just dead set on it because rental, rental costs are so low. Uh, they, it just makes sense, at least for beginners. Yeah. And that really segues into another, um, into another topic that I think, uh, you can really shed some light on. You know, I hear that and think, you know, that's a great price. And if you're comparing that to prices in the U.S., you know, that's also a great price. But there seems to be, and I don't know how much you come across these people, I certainly do every day, with people who are under the impression that Ecuador is much cheaper than it actually is. Um, Any comments around that statement? Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, there's there's a big 
there's a big class of those those folks. Um, you know, for the most part, I see them as is is uh, <laughs> unrealistic complaints. You know, everything is too expensive, or they're getting ripped off. They're they're these poor poor underclass being taken advantage of, and and you know, I think hell, it's a hell of a good deal here, and and uh, you can bitch about it all you want, but prices I think are fabulous, uh, and you can get you know you can beat some prices. I mean, this is a unsophisticated society, so obviously you're going to find a better deal here or there, but uh, that doesn't indicate that that's the nature of the market, so. Uh, to me, that $900 rental. Once you subtract all the, you know, the furnishings, utilities, the building, the building, building fee. I mean, you're probably talking 500 bucks, mm -hmm. you know, for an apartment in the states. It would be 1500. So, uh, you know, and I, to me, that's that's very fair. It's it's the market. Uh, you know, the the market of the in the U.S. of of earning one percent of the value of the property on a rental per month. I mean, it's not even close here. So if you use that as a guideline you're you're paying you know a fraction of that less than 50 percent so uh you know yeah there's always a complaint say well as jesus said they'll always be with us <laughs> yeah i mean that's certainly what we see uh, on our end here in loja where you can have a an apartment that costs you know, maybe a hundred thousand dollars to build and another one that costs you know three or four hundred thousand dollars to build but there's not really much of a difference in the rent because, you know, the average person in Ecuador makes less than $400 a month. So how many apartments can you really have that are, um, you know, that, that exceed a certain, go beyond a certain price? Right. Well, that's, that's true. And especially that's important for investors. Absolutely. And I see people make, make mistakes up here quite frequently where they put a lot of money into a place and uh, you know they're just out of the they're you know they're out of the uh, the bracket so they're they're just not going to get a good return on their and on their investment but you know the the argument about the uh, the poor people of Ecuador and making 400 a month it, it's it's true there's a lot of people like that but you know you don't hear that in the US you don't hear saying well you can't charge me that because there's a lot of folks out there on food stamps well uh, you know, it's the market is what it is, and uh, and I think it's a it's a pretty damn good market for people looking for rentals. Absolutely, actually, no, for that's real, a, that's ab a... absolutely. For, yeah, I think for real estate as well. I think the the prices uh, they've, they've they've stagnated for about three or four years basically, and I think they're a very reasonable price for people who are who would really like to buy. Absolutely, and it seems as though, and this has just been me my experience in real estate. Um, I wonder if you've had, had the same experience in, in your time in the business, but it always seems to me as though this part of the year that we're coming up on, you know, the, after the holidays, you know, anywhere between the end of December and, um, mid-March, and then also in the summer months are the times where people who are interested in relocating to Ecuador, were checking things out. This, that's really the time where most people come to, to see it. Yeah, that's that's true in Cuenca. Um, my wife uh, manages about sixty properties uh, for re rental properties, and and uh, so that's her experience too. She's she's busy right now, and uh, and will stay busy for a few months. So yeah, that's you, you've got the seasons the seasons right. Yeah, that's um, you know, well, that's that's really interesting. So you're you're really um, you have a lot of experience. Um, with the rental market in that way and, you know, when people are, are coming in and things of that nature. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of folks coming down. I th I don't think it's just a Cuenca. It's probably down to uh, your area, Aloha, to the coast too. People coming in down to check and. Uh, Rentals make ob obvious sense for that, you know, because you want to be here for a few months, maybe, maybe a little less, and uh, you know, but you want enough time to check things out, to live in a place similar to what what you might rent uh, on a longer basis or might buy. So, um, and those, yeah, but there, but there do definitely seem to be to be seasons, and uh, and and you named them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the thing about Cuenca that I noticed as well, just. Um, from looking at a distance is that it just has so much going for it. And it's so different from the rest of Ecuador from an expat perspective. I think it's probably the easiest place in Ecuador for somebody who's never been to Ecuador, who's from outside of the country to come and to check it out. Um, there also is the much more information about living there as an expat um, with respect to other parts of the country, even where even places like Quito, which is a bigger place, but probably doesn't have right. the same amount of expats. Um, what advice would you give to anybody who's who's coming into town or coming to Ecuador to check it out um, in terms of just managing their expectations about what the experience is like? Well, there's so many resources, uh, you know, on the internet. I mean, you're you're one of them. I'm one of them. Uh, there's a bunch of Facebook group pages and and other social media. Uh, I definitely, you know, say check those out. Take them with a grain of salt because, frankly, there's a lot of bullshit out there, and it tends tends to fly this time of year. But uh, <laughs> it's you know it, it's there's you know there is information out there. A lot a lot of videos, a lot of YouTube's. Uh, but you know, on the other hand, understand that you know you're you're not going to get a, a a real even a serious hint of the place until you're down here with with boots on the ground. It's you know you can be on the web all the time, but you're sitting on your butt in front of a screen. So uh, you got to you know you got to get down here. Uh, check out Cuenca. Check out other places. I, I'm not a I'm not a camp follower for Cuenca. I like it a lot, uh, but I also have a place in the country. I like to get out of here. When I first came down, I almost bought a place in Vilcabamba. I owned a place uh, near uh, Montanita on the on the coast. So, you know, I've been around. I, I love Quito. Uh, it's, it's a little bit too big for me to, you know, as a as a place to live. But I, I sure love to visit it. So, um, you know, it's a it's a it's a good country, and I think it's uh, it's gotten definitely gotten better since uh, since I've been here in the last twelve years. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that insight. I can't tell you how many people contact us on a regular basis who think that they know much more about Ecuador than they do just because they've been sitting in front of their computer for the last five years looking into it. Uh, and there really isn't any substitute for coming and checking it out. And anybody who's serious about coming to check it out should absolutely do that. There's really not, and, and the thing that's frustrating for me about it, not in so much as it's a time commitment for me to, to be in touch with them, but more so because I know from my own personal experience that they're not going to achieve what they say that they're trying to achieve. Yep. That's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I came down here, uh, I mean, 20 years ago, I was, re I was sub sub subscribing to international living, which at the time was a, uh, a one color mag uh, newsletter. It wasn't even a magazine. 
ugly as hell. Really? Uh, there, there was no internet. Uh, they may have had a website, but it was like a brochure site, you know, it was the addresses and whatnot. And it was, you know, it was little adventure stories. And uh, that sort of got, got, got me hooked. And I had to go to the library, believe it or not, to get information. I mean, how, how quaint is that, huh? You know, so, so I had, yeah, so I had, you know, but I knew I had to come down and spend some serious time to know what the hell was going on. And I think the Internet, I think, deludes a lot of people into thinking, oh, I've got it all. I've got it licked. I understand everything. You know, you know, Joe Blow on uh, Ecuador Expats told me this. Well, you know, you don't know shit, honestly, <laughs> until you get down here and check the place out. Uh, you know, uh, and I, you know, some people just don't like it, and that's fine, too. I mean, check out other places. No, that's that's um, that's great insight as well too. Yep. You know, another thing that comes up with a lot of people is Spanish. You know, first yes. off, how's your Spanish, and secondly, um, from your experience, how easy is it for someone to get along and live their life here in Ecuador without being a fluent Spanish speaker? Um, my Spanish is passable. My misfortune is I'm married to a, a, a Quincana, so entonces soy muy perezoso, <laughs> uh, which is say I'm, I'm lazy as hell, be, because she speaks good English. That was the, should have been the prelude to that. But, um, you know, I, I, I get by, and, and to me, the language, uh, to a certain extent, is, is essential. I mean, it's, it's, it's essential to be able to get by on your own, no matter how you communicate. And, and that involves, obviously, learning some Spanish. I know people who don't know very much, but they're very respectful of the people and the culture and the language. They're respectful of the fact that they're ignorant to some extent of the language. And uh, they get along fine, and, and they work at it. They work at it. Now, the people that have problems are the ones who don't work at it and are, are afraid to go out to the tienda to buy a beer or a, a stick of butter because somebody's going to say something they don't understand. <laughs> so... You know, I think obviously it's best to be uh, totally bilingual, but very few of us will ever achieve that. Uh, beyond that, I think if you know, I think you have to study it and work toward it as long as you're an expat, uh, or it's gonna, you know, it's gonna bring you down. So I know people who know very limited Spanish, but because of their approach, they get by quite well. They're respected by the by the Hispanics, they, you know, they live and work around. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not one who says you have to, you know, be fluent in Spanish here, you know, but you, but you need, you know, you, you need to have respect for the, the language and the culture and, and work towards, uh, you know, a, a, of, uh, you know, understanding it and, and being fluent in it. So really what I'm getting from you, David, is just that you just have to have the right attitude towards it yeah I, I think so i mean and honestly the the expats in cuenca uh in general are an older set uh you know 55 to 70 and it's extremely difficult to learn a new language at that at that age but it can be done and uh in in most of it it's just yeah it's an it's an attitude thing it's it's a willingness to uh to try to adapt a little bit to make some changes and and they're they're not they're not easy changes they're tough Absolutely. Um, and I've, but I, you know, to your point, I've seen lots of people who, you know, are not even close to fluent in Spanish here in the Loja area. We definitely don't have as much expats as you all do up in Cuenca, but 
Um, and I would say it's almost in a certain way outside of Vilcabamba more challenging because I find that the less Ecuadorians are familiar with English or speak English than the average Ecuadorian in Cuenca. Um, but I've definitely seen people be successful and, and, you know, do the things that they need to do, you know, go to the store, handle their daily affairs, you know, even manage construction projects, um, without really knowing a whole lot of Spanish. So definitely I would say that the, uh, you know, the attitude is, is key. Just being open to, to learning, being flexible and just being able to laugh at yourself a little bit, uh, when you pronounce something wrong or say the wrong word or what have you. It's, it's, it's an adventure. Yeah, it's an adventure, and it, <laughs> fortunately and unfortunately, sometimes. Right. <laughs> so the um, another thing I wanted to get your uh, feedback on is just the expat experience. You know, what was it like for you coming here in in you know 1995, and then again in 2004 to stay? You know what what compelled you to stay? You know what did you you know what did you like? What did you dislike? What were some of the challenges and you know some of the uh, the success stories during that process for you? Well, in 90, 95 when I came with my dad, he was a ornithology professor, so he he knew his birds. So we were we were out in the out in the woods <laughs> looking at birds. So you know we spent a couple of days in Quito, which I really enjoyed really enjoyed uh quito was at that time was um was was much much more basic than it than it is now i mean the the the, there were potholes everywhere there were you know the infrastructure was not very good the electricity went off uh, without warning but i still liked it and uh you know it's hard to say I, i i say it's the people but that's a little bit of a everybody says that um I think one thing was it's just a comfort level. You feel comfortable, and a lot of that's the people, but a lot of it's just sort of the, the a tone of the country. I mean, this is not a country that has had decades of civil war where there's been a lot of, you know, internecine murders and intrigues that have led to a lot of bloodshed and hatred and vindictiveness. So, you know, that... I think that's part of it. You know, you saw that. I saw that in Colombia. I felt mm-hmm. it in Colombia. I saw it in Peru, and I didn't feel it in in Ecuador. So that that had something to do with it. No, those countries definitely. I've visited Colombia really briefly, but I've spent a little bit more time in Peru, and it definitely has a different atmosphere. You definitely feel different. Um, I don't know that I have the words to describe it, but it's it's a it's a totally different vibe for sure, and that's not necessarily. Yeah, yeah negative or positive but in terms of a place to live you know ecuador seems to me to be um to be the place to be out of those out of those three countries for sure yeah and i don't i don't trash it just it's very much of a personal thing and that's what i'd say to anybody considering coming who's considering coming down um you know you you, you'll know it when you see it you know when when you feel it and uh don't tell anybody let anybody tell you what country or what city you have to be in uh, find it on your own, you know, do some homework in advance, but, uh, you know, uh, when the feeling, feeling hits you, then, you know, that's it. And, you know, another thing that, um, that just struck me as you were talking, um, that I think would be really interesting for people to, uh, to get a feel for, and I think you'd be a perfect person to, to, um, to shed some light on this. Talk a little bit about how the infrastructure has changed, you know, from, you know, 1995 to 2004 and then from 2004 to now? Uh, it's, you know, I, I think it's true all over the country. I've seen it 
a place in Cuenca, but uh, when I got here, I remember being told by the in Quito, by the clerk uh, at the hotel that, uh, you know, we're going to have a power outage this afternoon. And, and he said, well, that's real unusual. They told us. Usually they don't. And, you know, power would be out, water would be out. Uh, when I got here, uh, moved to Cuenca in 04, it was already quite a bit better, but it's improved you know, significantly since then. I mean, I'm, I'm from Florida, which has, uh, you know, it has obvious world infrastructure, but we also have uh, thunderstorms and and hurricanes and things like that. So, you know, you, you're, we're used to power outages. I have less less of those in Cuenca than I did in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the water is, is, is very good here. Uh, the water service is good, not only the, the quality of the of the water itself. Um, you know, the internet's improved dramatically since I got here. I'm getting set up with fiber optic optics next week, I think. So uh, that will be, you know, that'll be a nice change. So in a lot of ways, a lot of the sort of day-to-day -day creature comforts are, 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 are on par, uh, you know, in, in uh, particularly, you know, within the confines of, of your house or your apartment. Um, but, you know, in Cuenca, we've got... Um, We've got a lot of work going on with the with the train, which is very controversial, uh, with some of the parks. But you know, my take on that is eventually they'll get done. Yeah, it's 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 a disaster in a lot of ways, but it'll get done. And once it's done, I think you know I think it's going to be a good system. I think it's going to be a very good system, and I think we'll all uh, all benefit from it. And I think that's probably true with the subway in Quito and 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 some of the big projects of the 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 bus systems they're they're ramping up so you know there's been there's progress being made and i i give credit to the government i've got my issues with the government but i think they've they've done a lot of very good things for the country over the last uh over the last 10 12 years mm -hmm. yeah i'm you know it's hard to it's hard to argue with that you know i would i would i also have my issues with the government here and you know i'd point to the fact that that um, you know, this government has had some of the most favorable oil prices um, in of you know any president anywhere in the world. But um, you know, you you also you know look at the the roads, the bridges, the improvements that they've made on the ports, the the airports, the roads. Um, right. So you know, there's certainly uh, a couple of things to show for it. So. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, the difference between this administration and, and previous ones, there, I mean, there's been other, other booms and busts, and, and when those busts came, there was, there was nothing to show for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some people who, who, who did live very well in Miami afterwards, uh, but, uh, you know, for the, you know, the average people, the, the roads weren't any better, the, you know, the, the ports weren't any better, uh, public transportation was improved. So, you know, you can argue about, and, and I have a, issues with Korea, i not putting more money aside for the for the day that has come you know when the oil prices are down but on the other hand he's left something behind so and i i'll give him credit for that yeah <laughs> if uh if jesse were here right now he would chime in and uh and uh and share some of his thoughts on the uh, current administration but uh we'll uh yeah <laughs> Well, I, I'm sure I, I, he'll I, tell me all about those off air. Well, I can share. I can share mine too. I, I'm just trying to be take a big, you know, big, uh, big picture shot of this, and 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 uh, and please I please do, don't, and I, David. Please take the gloves off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm writing something now, and I'm going to say that 
Correa leaves the country in much better shape than he found it, for sure. Um, you know, and th and then after that, I I can go into my little uh, my issues like the 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 windfall profit on real estate tax, but I sort of don't think that's something that's going to last that long, even if it's uh, even if it's voted in, which it probably will be. Well, I think that's a nice segue in terms of in to touch on some of the political things going on with the presidential election just a, a couple of months away. Um, so if you have uh, any ammunition, fire away. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to hear it. And I think our listeners would too. Well, I think, I think what's, what's going to happen, I think there's going to be some, some pretty significant changes uh, after the election. And I don't think it necessarily, uh, uh, I, I think they, they'll come with, uh, 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 Lenin Moreno, as well as any of the others who, who might, could be elected. Moreno is by far the favorite at this point to be elected. But, you know, even though he's the uh, heir apparent to Correa, he's also uh, something of a change candidate, too. Mm -hmm. uh, after, after he left office, uh, after the first uh, six years of Correa's administration, he, uh, he fired some shots at Correa. He disagreed with Correa on how he was handling the, the media, some of the, uh, uh, the the personal battles he was getting into, especially uh, with journalists and that sort of thing. He, he criticized Correa for some char personality characteristics, for being thin-skinned and not being able to turn the other cheek and walk away from from issues that, uh, that he thought, Moreno thought, were distracting him from governance. So... Like um, um, getting into, you know, uh, problems on Twitter with people or <laughs> like well, yeah, confronting yeah, I mean, children who flip them the bird on the street. Exactly. Like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's like, and I mean, the, the best case of that, of course, is the, is the, uh, you know, is the, the TV show with, uh, you know, Tico Tico the Clown when he's getting into a, into an argument with a, with a comedian in New York. Right. I mean, you know, and, and, and who is that, John? Who, who, who am I thinking of? It was, uh, I think he's actually a British guy, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he he kind of reminds think, me of John Stewart. You can, like, get him mixed up, but it's not yeah, the same guy. Yeah, I, I think, but I think it's a U.S., I think it's a U.S.-based show, I believe. Oh, okay. But, uh, but uh, you know, this the fellow finally said, well, don't you have a country to run? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was brilliant, yeah. You want to fight with me? Well, we can keep fighting, but, you know, uh, but... Uh, Moreno's a very different animal. I mean, you know, he's had the he's had the uh, the personal tragedy. He's in a wheelchair. He went through a tremendous ordeal to fight depression and to get over that. Uh, he has a strong sense of compassion, which I think is totally genuine. Uh, he sends get well cards to his political opponents, <laughs> which <laughs> something that you know Crayo will call them terrorists and 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 you know and uh, you know whatever else, but. Uh, so I think there'll be big, big change with him, and obviously there'd be big change with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, Cynthia Viteri or Guillermo Lasso. I mean, they're they're conservative. They're against most of his taxes, most of his proposals. So, uh, and uh, and then uh, Paco Moncayo is a little bit to the left of uh, Moreno. So you you know you have some good choices. I mean, there's eight. I believe there's eight candidates total in the race, but I consider those the four as the as a contenders. Right. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because Moreno is getting weighted down by this Petro Ecuador scandal, also by the, uh, uh, by this, uh, 
by this windfall profit on real estate tax. He's not saying anything about that. He has to he has to accept it because he's the uh, Pais party candidate. Right. You know, he can't he can't he, he, can't, he can't distance himself from him. it. No. Uh, and 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 his but his but his uh, silence uh, is, is deafening. I mean. <laughs> uh so he's he's got some drag on him. And uh you know the the formula in an Ecuadorian election is you uh it's it's a primary system. But in the first uh, first election, uh, you, if you get 50% plus one, obviously you win. But you can also win by getting 40% with a 10-point uh, 10 spread between you and the candidate. And at this point, that's the hope is that, that, that uh, Moreno will fall into that category. But at this point, he's not close to that. He's, the polls such, as, such that they are show him around 30%. Now, I don't have any, you know, any confidence in polls, especially after... The U.S. election, but right. however, I, you know, they do. You know, the the three or four taken together do tell a story, and he has fallen several points uh, in the last uh, couple months. So it could be a much tighter race, and if he falls below thirty percent, and there's a second, uh, if there's a runoff, I mean, all bets are off, I believe. Right, and I mean, with this, you know, what they're calling a windfall tax, which you know is just so much um so much you know propaganda laden language you know windfall tax um well it's a it's a, it's a grab <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing but a grab so yeah yeah and i mean it's, I do, this is a, about as unpopular piece of legislation as is you'll find anywhere in the world i think right now and so i don't um you know him continuing to be silent or backing it which ultimately i think he has to do you know it'll be it'll be tough for him to win an election with that with that on the table i think i i, I think so i mean he i think he's still the favorite um he, he's he's very much liked because of his personality mm-hmm. and uh and it's understood that he's a little he's different than Korea. you know he's he's gonna be a different uh a different president than Korea, but you know by leaps and bounds uh it, it, a lot of the a lot of the Ecuadorian voters are not ideological in the sense of a left or right. I mean, they they want. Uh, I think most of their objections to Correa have been his 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 personality and his and his uh, expansion of government into areas that that traditionally uh, were not you know were not government, and it's really not a left or right thing. Uh, but there there's some resentment of that, and I think there's some hope that uh, Moreno will not be that and, and Moreno has said some things that indicated he wouldn't be that he would uh, he would uh, you know he would give some some benefits to business that Correa is not willing to he would open up some investment opportunities and a good one to start with would be to uh, retract the windfall tax but we'll see <coughs> excuse me yeah yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more that would be the the best start yeah, yeah. So that's. I, I think there's going to be big changes come May. The, the there's not a transition until May. It doesn't even even if somebody wins in February. There's a there's a two month period, as I understand it. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's uh, it's uh, Korea would leave off, leave office sometimes in May. Sometime yeah. in May. That's my understanding of the situation yeah. as well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, wanted to wrap up with you by telling us a little bit about Quinka High Life. Um, maybe touch on some of the 
articles and different things we have on the pipe, you know, coming down the pipe and, you know, anything else that you'd like to say about it? Um, sure. I'm, you know, my background is kind of an old fashioned journalist. I, I was a uh, editor of a campus university daily back when they had daily newspapers in universities. Uh, you probably don't remember that, but that was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> and, and I really have a sense of, of fair play. I, we, we ran, we run stuff that I don't agree with, but I, I believe we sh- you should, you know, share different sides of an argument. There's an argument, uh, there's an article today by a, an economist named uh, Ramiro Crespo. It, it's, and it's about this, this uh, tax situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and he takes a hard, hard shot at, at Korea. And if you believe that, you know, Korea has squelched all dissent, I mean, read this. I mean, you know, this guy says what's, what's on his mind. He's not, he has his own newsletter and his own company. But, uh, you know, uh, he, 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 he feels comfortable in saying what's on his mind. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm writing something on the presidential campaign, you know, along the lines of what we, what we just discussed. Um, I'm hoping to get into more more community journalism. Uh, we're thinking about doing a little bit of a sort of a, a expat community journalism fund where people can contribute uh, to Quinka High Life to sort of expand our, our local coverage. And a lot of it would be getting into personalities, but you know, uh, doing stories, features on business, and uh, that sort of thing that we really don't have the time to do right now. I mean, it's pretty much it's it's me and a couple other guys pitching in. So. Um, you know, but I'm I'm just a journalist from way back, and and I like doing journalism, so I'm going to keep doing it and and saying what's on my mind, and also letting other people say what's on their mind, uh, even if I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, that's a a really worthy pursuit, and I think um, you know, I for one, and I think I can speak for Jesse in this sense. You know, we we you know we subscribe to the to the um, to the publication. You know, we get the emails every day. And uh, I can't think of one day in the last year that I haven't that's that that hasn't been one of the first things that I've read. So I think for anybody who's thinking about relocating to Ecuador, definitely check out uh, CuencaHighLife.com. It's a great resource for all things Cuenca and really all things Ecuador for the most part. And we've got about uh, we've got, you know, seven or eight years of of, uh, archives, too. And so you can go back in there and you can find. You know, all kinds of stuff about moving to Ecuador. So it's it's a good resource. We've worked hard to, to make it that. Great. And last thing I wanted to ask you, David, before we uh, close up shop here, uh, is there a website where people can check out the um, the rentals that uh, for the company that your wife is working for? Uh, sure. It's uh, it's uh, rentalsquinka.com. Winka.com. and that's that. It she's building a new website, and the name will change to rent, or I think it'll change to QuinkaRentalsAndSales.com pretty soon. But she's not quite quite there yet. But she's still going to focus on rentals. That's the that's the primary market she's in. And I'm sure that if somebody after the website's updated types in RentalsQuinka.com, it'll bring them to the new site. Correct? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll just redirect. Yes, for sure. Great. Well, David, I want to thank you so much for your time and joining us today. I think people got a, a great sense of, you know, what it's like being an expat in Ecuador. 
uh, understanding a little bit more about the political environment and some of the things coming down the pipe uh, with the presidential elections right around the corner, as well as just hearing your story as an expat. I think it's something that people can really relate to. So thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. And um, we hope to uh, have you on the show again soon. Okay. Nice being with you, Darnell. All right. Thanks again. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Great. So um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Just to wrap up, again, um, you can reach us on our website at abequador.com. That's A as in Apple, B as in boy, Ecuador.com. Um, on our via email at info at abequador.com or toll free from the U.S. and Canada at 888-999-0948. Uh, lastly, encourage you guys, um, anybody who's considering coming to Ecuador to check it out. Uh, We recently launched our real estate tour, um, which has 10-day and 14-day options um, to really check out the country, get a sense for if it's the place for you, get a sense of the real estate market, and also um, get really detailed information about how to relocate to Ecuador, how to get your personal effects here, uh, what kind of visas you qualify for, how to bank in Ecuador and the like. So really good information there. Um, to get more information about the tours, pricing, and where we go, um, you can reach us at abectour.com. That's abectour.com. Um, thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you in 2017.